offering, but it's okay. <laughs> well, today starts a week-long exciting adventure that we have been praying for for months. So welcome to the High Seas. We call it the High Seas Vacation Bible School or VBS. And we are excited. So kids, we want you to know that the rooms are ready, the prizes are ready, the teachers are ready. So I encourage you all, bring your friends, bring your loved ones, build, bring your relatives. They can register at the door, but last year it got really crowded. So if you know of people you want to come with you, take a form or do it then. We can turn that off. <laughs> I feel something blown away up here. So, so. Today, I want to share a little bit with you about what we're going to experience here this week. Why? Because we've been believing for months that this experience is going to change the lives of children, not only in our church, but in our community. And we know that you also will be impacted as the children are impacted. So we wanted you to know what we'll be talking about. And what will we be talking about? We're going to be talking about a book that has been on the bestseller list since bestseller list began. <laughs> We're going to be talking about a book that is the best-selling book in the world. Over a hundred million copies of this book is sold each year. And as of 2010, they estimated that over six billion copies have been handed out. We find it in hotel rooms. We find it in our homes. We find it in Barnes & Noble. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We're talking about the Bible, the Word of God. And all week long, your children are going to experience this Word, what it means, what it's about, what is it, okay? But I know, for me, this Word is awesome. For me, this Word is true, right? But I know that there's some of you that the Word isn't as touchy-feely, that you need some hardcore facts. So I'm going to give them to you. But I want you to know, as you know, every voyage needs an entire crew. So it's very important today, children, that you pay attention, adults, that you keep these aisles clear, because things are going to be happening throughout the day, and we don't want anybody to get hurt. Because on a voyage, how many of you know there are dangers? Right? So we have to be alert and on the lookout for what lies ahead. Right? So here are some facts. One of the greatest things, because one of the greatest things about God's word is as Christians, we believe that God's word is true. Right? Amen. So, but there have been archaeological findings that validate and prove things in this book. Do you know that a plaque was found? That shows that Pontius Pilate the, was the governor when Jesus stood before him. It was actually found and proven that, yes, Pontius Pilate was on the scene and was the governor when Jesus was brought before him. 
We've also found um, evidence of the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm talking physical evidence, things that they've picked up, that they've dug out of the ground, that they know that this city, Sid, these cities existed. This is hard, tangible stuff. We also found in 1946, we didn't, the archaeologists did, but the archaeologists found the Dead Sea Scrolls. And you might say, what is that? It was rolled up parchment that was found in caves by the Dead Sea. And what's remarkable about it is that when they found it and they opened it, it was manuscripts of the Old Testament. The book of Isaiah was complete, and many of the Old Testament books, I think with the exception of Esther, were found within it. But what's remarkable about that is not the finding, right? What's remarkable is that what was found that was hundreds and hundreds of years old is accurate to what we have today. You see, people died for this book. People fought. All of us know the disciples, some of them, had horrible, horrible deaths because of the truths that were found in this word. People have been willing to shed blood for the Bible. People, there was even um, five generations. I think the scrolls are called, I have it here. They are called, what are they called? Oh, the Ben Asher Manuscripts. Five to six generations of this family copied every, because you know there wasn't a printing press back then, right? So the word was handed down orally and then given to scribes. And from there, people took on the mission of copying it word for word, punctuation to punctuation. And what all Bible scholars agree is while there may be an error in punctuation, the fundamental truths Nothing has been changed. And that's pretty remarkable from the beginning to what we have today. So for those of you that need that, that tangible proof, that's some of the archaeological stuff that we found. Well, how about world politics? How about what's going on in the world? Do you realize that to this day, we still have the descendants of Ishmael and Isaac, and they're fighting over the land. Why? Because it was land that was promised to them in God's word. They said it's theirs. And you know what? If it can be taken from them, then it proves that God is not true and that he's a liar. That's why it's so important. And you know what? Many of the other civilizations, the Philistines, all the Enes and the Ites, and everyone that tried to establish a kingdom and a nation that would last, just as God said, they were all gone. But God scattered the people of Israel. He brought them back, just like his word, the Bible says. And today, Israel remains a nation. God has been faithful to his people, just as the word says. But for me, personally, how do I know that God's word is true? It's because of what he's done in my life. But this morning, I don't want to share that yet. I'm going to invite... My first and forever mate, Mark Sims. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Amen. Amen. How's words got true in my life? Well, today you're going to learn something about me. Some of you might or might not know. As, a, as, a, as, as I was growing up, I was, I, was a, I was an abused child. 
I was a lot of pressure was on me to to do stuff no kids don't normally do. And um, and so I had a lot of pressure on me, and all that did was just give me a lot of insecurities, a lot of dra- drama, a lot of issues, and it just carried to when I was a, a teenager, and, it, and then it got worse when I was a teenager. I was so uncomfortable in my skin that I had to do things just to, I had I had to drink, I had to, I had to do do things to make me uh uh. uh to make me, um, to change who I really am and, and to, I, I thought I had a drink to be cool, you know, just to be, uh, um, just to fit in. I had a lot of issues and insecurities. I thought very low of myself and I struggled. And even getting saved, I still struggle. So those of you that get saved and things that is going to be perfect, it's not. It's, it's still, it's still, it's still a journey, amen? So as I was going through my journey, I did a lot of struggling. And then, and then, it ca- and when I was a teenager, I did a lot of things I'm not proud of, but to, 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 a lot of things, you know, you know, when you're lost, you would try everything but the right thing to be something that you're not. Does that make sense? Amen. Oh, good. I'm good. I'm good. That didn't make sense in my head, but. But then, then it carried on to when I was an adult. I had so many issues, so many concerns. I couldn't talk in front of people because I thought, I, I didn't like the tone of my voice. Uh, I thought if I would say something, it would be awkward or be, it wouldn't fit in or, or I would be made fun of. Even as an adult. So I was living in fear. I lived my whole life in fear. Fear of, of failing. But then you ask Mark, so, 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 how is God's word true to you? Well, then people started noticing me and loving me for no reason. They, they started to, to, to trust me with, with their kids, to babysit their kids, trust me with their homes, going on vacation, trust me. And, and, and in my head, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't understand. I was like, these guys, these people are crazy. Why would they trust me? And I had no clue. So all, I, all that led me to do is to try to prove myself to them. I didn't have to, because in their eyes, they loved me. In their eyes, they saw something in me that I did not know. And to this day, I thank God for them. And, 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 then, and then they gave me a promise. And the promise is, is, is in Jeremiah 29. It's a famous one. Many, many know it's, it's Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14. I'm going to break this down the way it was brought, broke down to me, the way I received it. Amen? It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. I lived my whole life thinking, God, why was I created? Why? I was created to be brought in this world to do nothing but get abused get used to feel like, feel like, why am I waking up in the morning to try to go back to sleep and sleep the whole day? You talk about depression, I lived it my whole life. Because I could not understand. It wasn't fair. I couldn't, I said, God, why did you create me and I have to go through all that nonsense? Then he says, I have plans to prosper you, Mark, and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Now, mind you, 
The people I'm receiving this from are people that love me for no reason and trust me for no reason. So it's not like I could disagree with them right there and say, yeah, yeah, whatever. No, I had to sit and listen because it's obviously I had to listen to them. Then you will call on me and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. So now, now I'm getting rocked. I, I got rocked. I'm like, I'm living a life, a meaningless life. And then I hear God telling me, I got plans for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Just seek me with your heart and you will find me. So I started seeking him. And this is where God's, God's promises are, are true. This is how the word was true to me. I went from, at times, being homeless, being broke, being hurt, being abused. Any negative reason you could think of why a person should not live, I was walking it. I was lonely. I went from house to house, to ghetto, to ghetto, to apartment, to car, to to, 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 the train. Misery. I was miserable. To fast forward now, I own a home. I'm not homeless. I own a home. I don't rent. I own a home. And I'm proud to say that. I got a jalopy, but I got a car. Amen? Amen? I'm not alone because I got a partner. I got an awesome partner. And we're not even alone because we got two wonderful kids. You see God's plan? Who's not shy? God's plan. I'm talking about, I went from being broke. You're talking about being lost and now I'm found? Being blind but now I can see? I got no choice but to believe that God's word is true. I got no, no choice but to believe God is good. And it's not perfect. It's not perfect. But God is good. All the time. Because I don't belong here. I don't belong living a life that I live now. I belong dead. I belong miserable. But no, God has plans for us. Amen? Amen. That's how I know God. Amen. And how about the fact that every single word that was prophesied about Jesus before he even came onto the scene came true. The prophet said where he would be born, how he would die, and every word about Jesus and the word of God has come true. So I know that God's word is true. But not only is God true, God's word, it's surprising. my friends God's word is surprising and you know what kids (laughs) 
Okay, we were going to use water guns, but to be fair to everyone, we chose the silly string, so I hope you will forgive us for that. <laughs> Those of you in the silly string section. Thank you, thank you, Susan, thank you. But God's word is surprising like that. And kids, just so that you know, this week, for the girl and the boy who bring the most children to children's, to VBS, you're going to be getting a skateboard and a helmet. One girl and one boy. So bring your friends, bring your relatives. And we're also going to have prizes at the end of each night. We also have a Toys R Us gift certificate to give away. So come out every night and learn about the Word of God. But just like that, my kids out there, where are all the kids? Wave your hands at me. All right. Just like that silly string, just like those skateboards coming down a church that you'd never expect, God's word is surprising. And it can shock us. Another way God is surprising, and Alice said it all morning long, how much God loves us. Anybody really try to understand that? If you do, you're going to get a headache. Because you can't, you can't explain it. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't look, if you go back and look at your life, and then you look at your life now, and how, how much God has protected you, and, and God has provided with you, and God, how much God loved you, it, listen, you cannot explain it. You talk about surprise, look at yourself now, look at the way you were. I guarantee you, I mean, this, this, this testimony is here. Some people are not supposed to be here. Most of us are not supposed to be here. Some of us are not supposed to be living. Some of us are supposed to be sick and not healed. That doesn't surprise you? I don't know. What, what, what won't? And how about the fact, have any of you ever opened an email and it's like a devotional sent from someone and it's exactly what you needed to hear for that day? Or how about, I know you're not supposed to do this and I don't recommend doing this, but how about some of you when you're desperate? Have you ever just gone to the Word and you open it up? See, my word is all marked up, but you open it up and it says, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And maybe I'm feeling a little heavy that day. But God's word tells me that I'm beautiful and it's just what I needed to hear, right? Right? Or how about like you'll get a call from a friend. Someone says, you know, I'm thinking about you. Can I pray for you? Just when you need it the most. See, that what, that's what God does. It surprises us. And how about the drama? <laughs> the drama that, that we all go through. The drama that's in the Word. And even through all the drama, in the end, God is still faithful. No, no, no one gets excited over that? And, and all the drama in your life, and all the drama we read about in the Bible, and if you don't know it, there's more drama in the Bible than any soap opera, any, any TV show, any uh, those TV shows that are on real life stuff. That has nothing on the, the stories in the Bible, amen? So there's drama in the Bible, there's drama in our lives, but God is still faithful to it all, amen? You know what surprises me? The romance in the Word of God. Any of you like to read Christian fiction, romance, kind of stuff like that? Have any of you read Song of Solomon? Because, whoo, talk about spice. 
The Song of Solomon says, my lover holds me from in front and behind and he grabs me. It talks about my lover's lips and the legs. And let me tell you, the Song of Solomon is better than Fabio. It's better than Tom Cruise. It's better than the Twilight guy. So if, and husbands and young men, if you want to write a love letter, read the Song of Solomon. Put a little bit of that in there. I guarantee you it'll take you far. (laughs) That's what's been surprising to me, is the romance of the lover of my soul. See, God's Word takes care of every part of me. The physical, the spiritual, the emotional, every need, every feeling. He takes care of in His book. God's Word is for everyone. He doesn't, he doesn't discriminate, amen? In Mark 16, 15, it says, Jesus says to go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creations. What does that mean? Parents, church is not for you and just you. Amen? Children's church is not there for a babysitting service. Then you can get your praise on. Amen? Church is for the children. Your homes. TV is not created for you so the TV, the kids can watch TV while you pray and while you get your word on. No. God's word is for everyone. For our children. Don't wait. A whole year goes by until next year for VBS. Before your, your children get fed. Amen? Husbands. It's for everyone. Not just for you. For your wife too. Wives. It's not just for you. It's for your husbands too. Christians, it's not just for us. It's for our co-workers, our neighbors, our unsafe family members. Amen? It doesn't matter what color. It doesn't matter where, where you came from, how small, how big, how fat, how small. It doesn't matter what you look like. It's for everyone. And the awesome thing is, when you tap into it, there's power. There's healing. There's deliverance. There is hope in the word of God. There's something else that God's word is. And I think this is my favorite one of all. God's word is comforting. People make fun of my big Bible. They said, oh, here she comes. She's got a big Bible. And they tease me because I carry it. But you know why I love this thing? Because you see how the binding is all broken? That's because sometimes I've hugged it to myself. And I've cried over this word. There are tear stains on some of these pages. There are little notes where I wrote, I prayed for so-and-so today and this happened. There are things that are outlined when God touched my heart. There are little notes that people have given me. There's even, I think, pressed plants in here from times when I read it outside. And I took a piece of God's creation and stuck it in here. There's powder from plays that we've used it to blow smoke out of the word. This book not just talks about God's faithfulness to me. It's my journey of God's faithfulness documented in it. So I love this book because it's precious to me. It's cherished to me. And that's why I carry it. And that's why I hold it dear. Because what it's done in my life. So God's word is comforting. And when did it become comforting to me? Where are my kids? Where's Hannah? Hannah, God's word became comforting to me when I was your age. I was 10 years old when my dad left. And I was scared. And I've talked about this before. And I didn't know what to do. You see, 
My mom is great, and I love her, and she's wonderful. But she was busy taking care of the house. I never learned how to cook. I learned how to garden with my dad. I didn't learn how to iron and clean the house. I learned how to go fishing. So I can bait a hook. I can cast a, re- a rod. Those things I can do because I was always with my dad. So when he left, I was lost. And I remember watching him leave, and I went. I didn't know what to do. So I opened the Bible. And he took me to Psalms 25, where there I read that he would, God himself, would teach me and would guide me. And then a few days later, when I was afraid and I saw my mom praying and crying, because she didn't know what to do. I opened the word not knowing, did one of those where you open them, because I was 10. And I read what it said, and I said these words to her. Isaiah 43. Fear not. For I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you the blaze. For I am the Lord your God. Since you are precious and honored in my sight and because I love you, I will give men in exchange for you and people in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid for I am with you. That scripture, Isaiah 43, has been the anchor of my life. You see, I remembered it when I was a little girl, but I remembered it when I was in college and didn't have the money to go. And I remembered the Lord saying, do not be afraid. And I remember going to the mailbox and finding out I had almost a full scholarship to go, one that I didn't deserve. I remembered that scripture. When I fell and I didn't have an apartment and I didn't have a home and I had nothing. But I remembered those words when the people of God picked me up and they gave me an apartment and they furnished it and they gave me clothing and they gave me money. And God's people helped me during that time because God reminded me that I am with you. I remembered it when I had my son who was sick and I was in the hospital crying and said, God, you know. That I have always said that I can't handle a child with developmental disabilities. I've worked in that field all my life. You know, God, that this is the one thing I can't handle. And I cried, and I cried, and I cried. And I remembered that scripture. And I held on to it when I said, God, if you've given me this child, however you've given to me, you will give me the grace to be able to raise him. Because you will be with me. You see... Many, you know, we sing these songs, unshakable, unstoppable. I can sing that, not because I have a good voice, but because there is a word of God that's alive in me that I remember I'm never alone. There's a word that says, my God shall supply all my needs in Philippians according to his riches and glory. It's something, a word that reminds me when I'm feeling down, that he did create me in my mother's womb from the beginning of time, even though I was an oops baby. Yeah, I kind of was. But it's okay, because I had parents that instilled in me that I was not an oops, I was a promise from the Lord, and that I had a purpose for my life. Right? But I think, you know, I think the hardest time sometimes to hold on to that word is when things go wrong, right? I remembered, fear not, for I am with you. Last year at this time. My aunt was really sick. 
She was becoming very ill. And as I prepared this for you today, this sermon, something that she said as she was dying continued to just stir in my spirit. And she said, Melissa, God will be glorified. Melissa, God will be glorified. And I have to be honest with you, this year preparing for VBS was very difficult for me. Because last year, I would call her and I'd say, guess what, Aunt Jenny? Oh, the green trees went up and we have trees in the sanctuary. And we got these crafts for the kids. And she said, no, 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 Melissa, don't use my handmade crafts. Call Oriental Trading. It's much easier. No, 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 Aunt Jenny, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, you know, this year we used Oriental Trading, right? Okay. But, but I would tell her every day because she loved children. You see, I'm a third-generation VBSer. My grandmother led VBS, my aunt led VBS, and now I stand here leading VBS. And we have a, a generation of family that, that wants to touch the hearts of children. Why? Because we believe, just like Mark said, that church is not just for adults but for children. So this time it was very hard for me. And you know what? That word, God will be glorified, God will be glorified, kept stirring in my spirit. And I was like, God, why? why? Like, what, what is that? I found it. I found it in the scripture. And when did it happen? That word, Jesus says that. This death is not in vain because God will be glorified. He says it to Mary and Martha when they said, my brother Lazarus has gone. And he said it would not be in vain. And days later, he would raise Lazarus from the grave. And I said, but God, this didn't happen in my aunt's case. My aunt went to be with the Lord in October. And I said, but this didn't happen. And I said, and not only that, God, I never realized how much I depended on her. She was my home. I can't just go to my mom's house. I can't just go to my dad's house because of circumstances. But I can always go to my aunt's house. I could call her and say, and Jenny, we don't have any food. Or, you know, things are a little tight. Can I come over for dinner? And we'd come. When I didn't have a home, she took me and crowded me into her home for a month before I got married. She was there when I gave birth to my children. She was there when I graduated. She was there to take me to college. She was the one who named me Melissa. And I said, God, why would this happen? Why? How does this tie into VBS? And I began to think that God would be glorified. She wasn't saying it because there was some event that was going to happen when she died. She wasn't saying it because of what... She was saying it because she believed it. Because in her sickness, in her death, she found comfort in the word of God. And that even though she couldn't understand it, even though she couldn't explain it, she knew that whether it was now, whether it was in her children, whether it was in her niece and her grandchildren, God would be glorified. In her death, she found comfort. And I know that one day I'm going to stand on the very land that she worked for all her life to build a girl's home. I believe that I will one day break that ribbon and girls will walk in and her vision will come to pass. But even if it doesn't, I know that God will be glorified. And he was in the lives that were impacted, in the lives that came. Even today, if you go on our Facebook page, there's postings of people whose lives were impacted by a woman who just loved the Lord with all her heart. And God has been glorified in me. Because just like when my dad left and I didn't know what to do. And when my aunt went to be with the Lord. 
And I said, well, who am I going to talk to about BBS? Who's going to get excited about stupid little ships? It's true. Who's going to babysit my kids when I'm running around shopping for all this stuff? Who's going to do that? And God took me back to Isaiah 43. Fear not, for I am with you. So you see, God's word has always brought me comfort through all my lifetime. Through the hard times. Through the difficult times. Through the struggling times. And I think it was Alice who said it last week. You know when you know, and then you really know. Right? Sometimes you can know something, but when it gets into your spirit, it becomes real. And then you can anchor and you can drop anchor and you can stand the storm that comes. You can stand the waves that go over and the, and the, and the arguments and the people. God's word is comforting. It teaches me how to love others. It teaches me how to give. It teaches me how to behave and conduct and guide my life. It restores my soul. When I am tired. So kids, God spoke to me when I was 10. I'm going to encourage all of you to read your word, the Bible. To open it and just start to read it. But there's something else that God's word is. God's word is life changing. I don't know if you heard that in worship. That God's word is life changing. Psalm 103. Psalm 103. It says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from prison, from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. You've heard from Mark. You've heard from myself. And this morning, I asked Chadi to come and tell you how her life was changed by the word of God. One of my testimonies. Um, a couple of years ago, a couple of years ago, um, I was at a place in my marriage that I was done. I I gave up on my husband. I gave up on God, and I just. I was done. I didn't want anything to do with my marriage, with my husband, nothing. And I had asked him to leave the house, and I wanted a divorce. And um, there was one night that I was in bed, and I was just contemplating, and, you know, how I'm going to do stuff, and, you know, how I'm going to get the kids here and there, whatever. And out of nowhere, I hear this voice saying, I never gave up on you. And I'm like, okay. Anyway kept going on. I never gave up on you. And I'm like, God, I know. You never gave up on me. I'm not talking about that. And I kept going. I never gave up on you. Why are you giving up on him? And 
that was like a punch in my stomach because I'm like, okay, I don't understand God. What is it? I never gave up on you. Why are you giving up on him? So I just started weeping and I'm like asking God, I, I don't know what to do anymore. I've prayed, you know, seven years trying and praying and praying and nothing's changed. I never gave up on you. Finally, I called my husband, told him to come home, and we decided to work, you know, on our marriage, and we started taking um, counseling, and in our counseling sessions, we were doing the book, I Promise, and, you know, going through the book and stuff, um, there was, I don't know, one of the chapters we started reading, it was, um, the guy was saying how, um, you know, the way that you love yourself, you know, that, that's how, you know, to love, to love the person, let's get this right, I, I love me, right? So the way I want to be loved, I have to love my spouse. So, you know, you know, it was like, wow, you know, cool, whatever. So one night I was reading, I was reading my word and I came on to Luke 10, 27. And it's, that's the verse that says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. And when I read that, it took me back to that chapter. And I was like, God, you know, I don't, I don't understand. Like, you know, I do. I love you. I, I love you with everything that I have. I love you. And it's like, to me, it was like God was telling me, you need to love your spouse with everything that you have. And, you know, it's very hard for me because I grew up, in a Christian church, so I thought when I got married, well, this man knows that he better love me, you know. You know, I'm the good girl, so you need to love me. You know, I was very self-righteous. <laughs> I was very self-righteous. And when I started reading that verse and just doing this book, I decided that, you know what, I'm going to love this man regardless of anything, of anything that... You know, whatever he does or whatever, I'm going to love him because I love God. I love God with every fiber of my being and if and I'm worth it. So I'm gonna love him. And when I love him, that love is gonna reciprocate back the way I want it. So, you know, we started doing it or whatever and I tell you, ever since then my marriage hasn't been the same because the way I love God, I love that man because, you know, I'm the bride and he's our bridegroom. So I take that as, you know, that's a connection. So that's a connection between me and my husband also. So how I'm going to say, I love you, Lord, and whatever to him, I can't do that. So, you know, for me, I started, I started just changing and you know, treating him differently in the way I wanted to be treated. And every night, my prayer, my prayer used to be, God, change him, teach him, deal with him. And not, and after that, I was like, God, change me, teach me how to love, change me. And I tell you, that was five years ago. And I love that man with every fiber in my being because I'm so in love with God and I'm in love with him because God is love and he love is everything to me when it comes to God and my husband and my family. 
and I stand here and I tell you that that was a choice I chose to love love is not an emotion love is a choice so I chose to truly obey be obedient to God and be obedient to that man and love him the way God loves me and that was We've been married 12 years, and I think I'm more in love with him now than when I first got married to him. And that was life-changing for me. (laughs) This morning, (laughs) God's word is true. God's word is surprising. God's word is comforting. God's word is for everyone. This morning, as the choir sings this song, we have a few more words to you, but Jason is going to declare in his way how God has changed him and how now he's not going back.